Jezebel walked out of the old Catholic church holding a small manila envelope and closed the door behind her. It was just before 9 p.m. and her eyes needed to adjust to the night. She turned to face the church and took in the view as she began to blink it into focus. The church had marked the center of Ashwood since it was erected in 1893, and its archetypally gothic design was common to churches of the era. It was constructed of red brick with a sharp peaked shingled roof, a bell tower extending high above the peak, and high, tall, arched wooden doors. The facade was adorned with a large stained glass window depicting the Virgin Mary, while other stained glass windows were spaced evenly along the sides. Like many other churches built before the turn of the 20th century, it also connected directly to the graveyard. The graveyard was no longer in use, having been moved to a location outside of town to be more socially acceptable to current parishioners, but the grave which was the town's namesake remained. It made for some beautiful photographs when the sun was out, but under the moonlight it bore an almost ominous feel. Her eyes adjusted to the light, Jezebel began walking toward her car. The entire grounds of the church was surrounded with a black iron fence that matched the church's style perfectly. This was added much later to keep the area around the church clear for pedestrians, but meant that parking was set back a hundred yards from the building. She stopped walking when she reached Ashwood's grave. The moon was nearly full on this late October night, but still low in the sky. Even so, its light was bright enough that it hardly even seemed like nighttime. She could see everything as clear as if the sun was out, though in muted shades. The moonlight shattered abruptly when it reached the thirteen angels surrounding Ashwood's grave. It cast its light and shapeless forms around them, refusing to reach into their shadows. The shadows on the angels' faces, while indistinguishable forms with the moon so low in the sky, were still haunting. Jezebel could see how the rumor of the angels transforming into demons came to be. She turned from the grave and resumed walking toward her car, but more quickly. As she walked away, the shadows of the angels merged with the shadow of the church and the trees beyond. Those shadows met still with others in places where the moonlight dare not shine, weaving a web of darkness into the distance. She felt almost as if the shadows were chasing her. When she finally reached her car, she was glad to see that it was directly under a street lamp, creating an invisible barrier from the darkness. She shook the thoughts from her head. This was damn sure the last time she would be seeing a priest. It was screwing with her mind. In the safety of the streetlight, Jezebel took off the knee-length blue dress she was wearing and stuffed it behind the passenger seat of her car. She bent over the side of the car, nearly naked, fumbling around behind the seat looking for her little black dress. When she finally found it, she slipped it on and got into the driver's seat. She unclasped the manila envelope, counted out twenty hundred dollar bills, rolled them up, bundled them with a hair tie, and stuffed them under the seat. She left the other ten in the envelope, clasped it shut, and sat it on the seat next to her. She pumped the gas a few times before turning the key in the ignition. Once the car warmed up for a minute, she turned on the lights and pulled out onto Main Street. She drove two blocks and stopped in front of one of the local businesses. She took the manila envelope and dropped it through the mail drop on the glass door. That task completed, she drove a couple miles west of the historic district, scanning the parking lots of the trendier nightclubs as she went. She didn't see any familiar cars. 
She wasn't in the mood to start fresh tonight, so she turned around and headed back to the east. Several minutes later, she was at Turner Road and made the turn south. She slowed down as she neared O'Halligan's, again scanning the lot for familiar cars. She smiled. Devin was here. She pulled into the lot, taking care to park well away from the entrance. She took her makeup kit from the glove box, checked herself in the mirror, and applied a liberal amount of eyeshadow. What a priest likes isn't necessarily what others do. She added a generous amount of mascara and an obscene amount of shiny red lipstick before putting away the makeup kit and exiting the car. Tonight was going to be a lot of fun.